0: Chapter 16, verses 20 through 28 of Catina Aurea, Commentary on the Four Gospels Collected Out of the Works of the Fathers by St. Thomas Aquinas. The Sleeper of Arch's recording is in the public domain. Verses 20 and 21. Then charged he, his disciples, that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day origin seeing peter had confessed him to be christ the son of the living god because he would not have them preach this in the meantime he adds then charged he his disciples that they should tell no man that he was jesus the christ jerome when then above he sends his disciples to preach and commands them to proclaim his advent this seems contrary to his command here that they should not say that he is Jesus the Christ. To me it seems that it is one thing to preach Christ, and another to preach Jesus the Christ. Christ is a common title of dignity, Jesus the proper name of the Savior. Origen, or they then spake of him in lowly words, as only a great and wonderful man, but as yet proclaimed him not as the Christ. Yet if any will have it that he was, even at the first proclaimed to be Christ, he may say that now he chose that first short announcement of his name to be left in silence and not repeated, that that little which they had heard concerning Christ might be digested into their minds. Or the difficulty may be solved thus, that the former relation concerning their preaching, Christ does not belong to the time before his resurrection, but to the time that he should be after the resurrection, and that the command now given is meant for the time present, for it were of no use to preach him and to be silent concerning his cross. Moreover, he commanded them that they should tell no man that he was the Christ, and prepared them that they should afterwards say that he was the Christ who was crucified and who rose again from the dead. Jerome, but that none should suppose that this is only my explanation and not the evangelic interpretation, what follows explains the reasons for his forbidding them to preach him at that time. Then began Jesus to show unto his disciples that he must needs go unto Jerusalem, and suffer many things of the elders and scribes and chief priests, and be put to death, and rise again the third day. The meaning is, Then preach me, when I shall have suffered these things, for it will be of no avail that Christ be preached publicly, and his majesty spread abroad among the people, when after a little time they shall see him scourged and crucified. Chrysostom For what having once had root has afterwards been torn up, if it is again planted, is with difficulty retained among the multitude. For what having been once rooted has continued ever after unmoved, is easily brought on to a further growth. He therefore dwells on these sorrowful things, and repeats his discourse upon them, that he may open the minds of his disciples. Origen and observe that it is not said, he began to say, or to teach, but to show. For as things are said to be shown to the sense, so the things which Christ spake are said to be shown by him. Nor indeed do I think that to those who saw him suffering, many things in the flesh, were those things which they saw so shown, as this representation in words showed to the disciples the mystery of the passion and resurrection of Christ. At that time, indeed, he only began to show them, and afterwards, when they were more able to receive it, he showed them more fully. For all that Jesus began to do, that he accomplished. He must needs go to Jerusalem, to be put to death indeed in Jerusalem, which is below, but to rise again and reign in the heavenly Jerusalem. But when Christ rose again, and others were risen with him, they no longer sought the Jerusalem which is above, or the house of prayer in it, but that which is above. He suffers many things from the elders of the earthly Jerusalem, that he may be glorified by those heavenly elders who receive his mercies. He rose again from the dead on the third day, that he might deliver from the evil one, and purchase for such as are so delivered this gift, that they be baptized in the spirit, soul, and body, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, who are three days perpetually present, to those that through them have been made children of light. Verses 22 and 23. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan, thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Origin. While Christ was yet speaking the beginnings of the things which he was showing unto them, Peter considered them unworthy of the Son of the living God. And forgetting that the Son of the living God does nothing and acts in no way worthy of blame, he began to rebuke him. And this is what is said. And Peter took him and began to rebuke him. Jerome. We have often said that Peter had too hot a zeal and a very great affection towards the Lord the Savior therefore after that his confession and the reward of which he had heard from the saviour he would not have that his confession be destroyed and thought it impossible that the son of god could be put to death but takes him to him affectionately or takes him aside that he may not seem to be rebuking his master in the presence of his fellow disciples and begins to chide him with the feeling of one that loved him and to contradict him and say be it far from thee o lord Or, as it is better in the Greek, elios si kyrie, u me este se toto, that is, be propitious to thyself, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. Origen, as though Christ himself had needed a propitiation, his affection Christ allows, but charges him with ignorance. As it follows, he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan, thou art an offence unto me. Hilary. The Lord, knowing the suggestion of the craft of the devil, says to Peter, Get thee behind me, that is, that he should follow the example of his passion. But to him to whom this expression was suggested, he turns and says, Satan, thou art an offense unto me. For we cannot suppose that the name of Satan and the sin of being an offense would be imputed to Peter after those so great declarations of blessedness and power that had been granted him. Jerome, but to me this error of the apostle proceeding from the warmth of his affection will never seem a suggestion of the devil let the thoughtful reader consider that that blessedness of power was promised to peter in time to come not given him at the time present had it been conveyed to him immediately the error of a false confession would never have found place in him chrysostom for what wonder is it that this should befall peter who had never received a revelation concerning these things. For that you may learn that the confession which he made concerning Christ was not spoken of himself, observe how in these things, which had not been revealed to him, he is at a loss. Estimating the things of Christ by human and earthly principles, he judged it mean and unworthy of him that he should suffer. Therefore the Lord added, For thou savourest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men jerome as much as to say it is of my will and of my father's will that i should die for the salvation of men you considering only your own will would not that the grain of wheat should fall into the ground that it may bring forth much fruit therefore as you speak what is opposed to my will you ought to be called my adversary for satan is interpreted adverse or contrary origin yet the words in which peter and those in which satan are rebuked are not, as is commonly thought, the same. To Peter it is said, Get thee behind me, Satan. That is, follow me, thou that art contrary to my will. To the devil it is said, Go thy way, Satan, understanding not behind me, but into everlasting fire. He said therefore to Peter, Get thee behind me, as to one who, through ignorance, was ceasing to walk after Christ. And he called him Satan, as one who... Through ignorance, had somewhat contrary to God. But he is blessed to whom Christ turns, even though he turn in order to rebuke him. But why said he to Peter, Thou art an offence unto me, when in the psalm it is said, Great peace have they who love thy law, and there is no offence to them? It may be answered that not only is Jesus not offended, but neither is any man who is perfect in the love of God. And yet, he who does or speaks anything of the nature of an offence may be an offence even to one who is incapable of being offended. Or he may hold every disciple that sinneth as an offence, as Paul speaks Who is offended, and I burn not? Verses 24 and 25. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Chrysostom Peter had said, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. And had been answered, Get thee behind me, Satan. But the Lord was not satisfied with this rebuke, but over and above desired to show the impropriety of those things which Peter had said, and the fruit of his own passion. Whence it is added, then said jesus to his disciples if any man will come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me as much as to say you say unto me be it far from thee but i say unto you that not only is it harmful for you to hinder me from my passion but yourself will not be able to be saved unless you suffer and die and renounce your life always and note that he does not speak of it as compulsory For he does not say, Though ye will not, yet must ye suffer this, but if any man will. By saying this he rather attracted them, for he who leaves his auditor at liberty attracts him the more, whereas he that uses violence oftentimes hinders him. And he proposes this doctrine not to his disciples only, but in common to the whole world, saying, If any man will, that is, if woman, if man, if king, if free, if slave, there are three things mentioned. Let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Gregory, for unless a man departs from himself, he does not draw near to him who is above him. But if we leave ourselves, whither shall we go out of ourselves? Or if we have forsaken ourselves, who is it then that goes? Indeed, we are one thing when fallen by sin, another thing as we were made by nature it is therefore then that we leave and deny ourselves when we avoid that which we were of old and strive towards that to which we are called in newness id he denies himself whosoever is changed for the better and begins to be what he was not and ceases to be what he was id he also denies himself who having trod under foot the risings of pride shows himself in the eyes of God to be estranged from himself. Origen, but though a man may seem to keep from sin, yet if he does not believe in the cross of Christ, he cannot be said to be crucified with Christ, whence it follows, and take up his cross. Chrysostom, otherwise he that disowns another, whether a brother or a servant, or whosoever it be, he may see him beaten or suffering aught else, Neither succors nor befriends him. Thus it is, he would have us deny our body, and whether it be beaten or afflicted in any other way, not to spare it, for this is to spare. So parents do then most spare their children when they hand them over to tutors, bidding them not to spare them. And that you should not think that this denial of self extends only to words or affronts, he shows to what degree we should deny ourselves, namely to death the most shameful, even that of the cross. This he signifies when he says, and take up his cross and follow me. HILARY. We are to follow our Lord by taking up the cross of his passion, and if not indeed yet in will, bear him company. Chrysostom, And because malefactors often suffer grievous things, that you should not suppose that simply to suffer evil is enough. He adds the reason of suffering when he says, and follow me, for his sake you are to endure all, and to learn his other virtues, for this is to follow Christ aright, to be diligent in the practice of virtues, and to suffer all things for his sake. Gregory. There are two ways of taking our cross, when the body is afflicted by abstinence, or when the heart is pained by compassion for another. For as much as our very virtues are beset with faults, we must declare that vainglory sometimes attends abstinence of flesh, for the emaciated body and the pale countenance betray his high virtue to the praise of the world. Compassion, again, is sometimes attended by a false affection, which is hereby led to be consenting into sin. To shut out these, he adds, and follow me. Jerome. Otherwise, he takes up his cross, who is crucified to the world and he to whom the world is crucified follows his crucified Lord. Chrysostom, and then because this seemed severe, he softens it by showing the abundant rewards of our pains and the punishment of evil. He that will save his life shall lose it. Origen, this may be understood in two ways. First thus, if any lover of this present life spares his life, fearing to die, and supposing that his life is ended with this death, he seeking in this way to save his life shall lose it estranging it from life eternal but if any despising the present life shall contend for the truth unto death he shall lose his life as far as this present life is concerned but for as much as he loses it for christ he shall the more save it for life eternal otherwise thus if any understand what is true salvation and desire to obtain For the salvation of his own life, he, by denying himself, loses his life as to the enjoyments of the flesh, but saves it by works of piety. He shows by saying, for he that will, that this passage must be connected in a sense with that which went before it. If, then, we understand the first, let him deny himself of the death of the body, we must take this that follows of death only. But if we understand the first of mortifying the propensities of the flesh, then to lose his life signifies to give up carnal pleasures. Verses 26 through 28. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. Verily I say unto you, there will be some standing here which shall not taste of death, till they shall see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Chrysostom Because he had said, Whoso will save shall lose, and whoso will lose shall save, opposing saving to losing, that none should hence conclude that there was any equality between the losing on one side and the saving on the other. He adds, What does it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world, but suffer the loss of his soul. As though he had said, Say not that he who escapes the dangers which threaten him for Christ's sake saves his soul, that is, his temporal life, but add to his temporal life the whole world, and what of all these things will profit a man if his soul perishes forever? Suppose you should see all your servants in joy and yourself placed in the greatest evils. What profit would you reap from being their master? Think over this within your own soul, when, by the indulgence of the flesh, that soul looks for its own destruction. Origin I suppose also that he gains the world who does not deny himself, nor loses his own life as to carnal pleasures, and thence suffers the loss of his soul. These two things being set before us, we must rather choose to lose the world and gain our souls. Chrysostom But if you should reign over the whole world, you would not be able to buy your soul, whence it follows, or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? As much as to say, if you lose goods, you may have it in your power to give other goods to recover them. But if you lose your soul, you can neither give another soul, nor anything else in ransom for it. And what marvel is it, if this happen in the soul, when we see the same happen in the body, for if you should surround a body afflicted with an incurable disease, with ten thousand diadems, they would not heal it. Origen. At first sight, indeed, the ransom of the soul might be supposed to be in his substance, that a man should give his substance to the poor, and so should save his soul, but I suppose that a man has nothing, that giving as a ransom for his soul, he should deliver it from death. God gave the ransom for the souls of men, namely, the precious blood of his Son. Gregory Or the connection may be thus. The Holy Church has a period of persecution and a period of peace, and our Redeemer accordingly distinguishes between these periods in his commands. In time of persecution, the life is to be laid down, but in time of peace, those earthly lusts, which might gain too great power over us, are to be broken through. Whence he says, What does it profit a man? Jerome having thus called upon his disciples to deny themselves and take up their cross the hearers are filled with great terror therefore these severe tidings are followed by more joyful for the son of man shall come in the glory of his father with the holy angels dost thou fear death hear the glory of the triumph dost thou dread the cross hear the attendance of the angels origin as much as to say the son of man is now come but not in glory For he ought not to have been ordained in his glory to bear our sins. But then he shall come in his glory, when he shall first have made ready his disciples, being made as they are, that he might make them as he himself, in the likeness of his glory. Chrysostom. He said not in such glory as is that of the Father, that you might not suppose a difference of glory. But, he says, the glory of the Father, that it might be shown to be the same glory, But if the glory is one, it is evident that the substance is one. What then fearest thou, Peter, hearing of death? For then shalt thou see me in glory. But if I be in glory, so also shall ye be. But in making mention of his glory, he mingleth therewith things terrible, bringing forward the judgment, as it follows, and then shall he render to each man according to his works. Jerome there is no difference of Jew or Gentile, man or woman, poor or rich, where not persons but works are accepted. Chrysostom. This he said to call to their minds, not only the punishment of sinners, but the prizes and crowns of the righteous. Jerome. But the secret thought of the Apostles might have suffered an offense of this sort. The killings and deaths you speak of, as to be now, but the promise of your coming in glory, is put off to a long distant time. He that knows secret things, therefore, seeing that they might object this, requisites a present fear with a present reward, saying, Verily I say unto you, there will be some of those standing here that shall not taste death until the Son of Man come in his kingdom. Chrysostom. Willing to show what is the glory in which he shall come hereafter, he revealed it to them in this present life, so far as it is possible for them to receive it, that they might not have sorrow in their Lord's death. Rigmigius What is here said, therefore, was fulfilled in the three disciples to whom the Lord, when transfigured in the mount, showed the joys of the eternal inheritance. These saw him coming in his kingdom, that is, shining in his effulgent radiance, in which after the judgment passed he shall be beheld by all the saints therefore he does not reveal the names of those who should ascend into the mount because the rest would be very desirous to accompany them whether they might look upon the pattern of his glory and would be grieved as though they were passed over gregory or by the kingdom of god is meant the present church and because some of his disciples were to live so long in the body as to behold the church of god built up and raised against the glory of this world. This comfortable promise is given them. There be some of them standing here. Origen Morally, to those who are nearly brought to the faith, the word of God wears the form of a servant, but to those that are perfect, he comes in the glory of the Father. His angels are the words of the prophets, which it is not possible to comprehend spiritually, until the word of Christ has been first spiritually comprehended, and then will their words be seen in like majesty with his. Then will he give his own glory to every man according to his deeds. For the better each man is in his deeds, so much the more spiritually does he understand Christ and his prophets. They that stand where Christ stands are they that have the foundations of their souls rested upon Christ, of whom such as stood firmest are said not to taste death till they see the word of God which comes in his kingdom, when they see that excellence of God, which they cannot see while they are involved in diverse sins, which is to taste death, forasmuch as the soul that sinneth dies. For as life and the living bread is he that came down from heaven, so his enemy death is the bread of death. And of these breads there are some that eat but a little, just tasting them, while some eat more abundantly they that sin neither often nor greatly these only taste death they that have partaken more perfectly of spiritual virtue do not taste it only but feed for ever on the living bread that he says until they see does not fix any time at which shall be done what had not been done before but mentions just what is necessary for he that once sees him in his glory shall after that by no means taste death. Rabanus. It is of the saints he speaks as tasting death, by whom the death of the body is tasted just as if it were sipping, while the life of the soul is held fast in possession. End of chapter 16